Welcome to episode 57 of Fair the Burn. This is take two. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. I know that we've been doing the Benny series for a while, and we will be wrapping that up soon. Um, shout out to YPP, Yas Prophetic Poetry. They're going to come on, and we're going to chat about why the Bible is or is not inerrant. Shout out to Darian Orvin, one of the best amateur uh, fighters in MMA in Utah. He sponsors this podcast, and that means he doesn't give us any money. We don't give him any money. We just talk about each other, and it's awesome. But this is Fair the Burn. I am your host, Chandler Fair, and today I have with me a special guest, someone who I co-host another podcast with, my partner in crime, someone who honestly has the same initials as so many greats in the industry of entertainment. Today I got with me your boy, JB, Justin Briscoe. Hello, everyone. Justin. Yes. We got a lot to talk about today. All right, let's uh, get started. In case you didn't know, Fair the Burn is about Christ, corruption, and culture. All right. So we get, we'll be getting into a little bit of that. But before we go, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? In what way? What do you want to know about me? I would like to know, Justin. Yeah. What do the people need to know? What's your name? Justin Briscoe, number one. Number one. You're the number one Justin Briscoe <laughs> there, ever. There's no better one. What do you do... For fun? Uh, for fun, mostly. I like to perform. I like to do comedy. I do some imp- improv comedy. I like to perform in plays. Um, other than that, all the normal stuff people do for fun. Watch TV, watch movies, play games. And lastly, what is a fun fact about you that most people don't know? Um, I don't know. I tell everyone everything, so let's think. Um, <laughs> Pretty open book here, Justin Briscoe. <laughs> uh... I did once try out to be on a reality show. No, you didn't. I went to an open audition no, you in didn't. Salt Lake City to be on, of course, The Biggest Loser. No, you didn't, dude! <laughs> I didn't. When did you do that? It was years ago. I, I Like, at least 10 years ago, probably. What'd they make you do? So, it was the worst experience of my life. It was horrible. Oh, God. So, we go out. We just had to stand at this, so this giant line of people. And it's we're outside the building because there's so many people. In the hot sun all day long, like they're not providing water or anything like that. You're all overweight. Oh yeah, we're all. <laughs> Everyone wants to be. Well, and the most loser. annoying thing is like I'm still like self conscious about it a little bit, and everybody else is really having fun with it. So I'll see a like an ice cream truck go by and they're like, oh, bring it over here. We want all. I'm like, hey guys, we're here to like try to do yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, but then we sit. So it was like 12 hours in the fucking sun, and then you get in and it's like 12 people around a table. And they start trying to ask you questions. And I was so fucking tired and dehydrated. Oh, I had like gosh. zero personality. I'm just like, oh, I don't fucking know. Oh, my. You should have gotten some ice cream. <laughs> I should have gotten some of that <laughs> ice cream. That honestly should have yeah. been like the, the checkpoint for them to get out. Right. Like, like they should have had like Bob Harper in the ice cream truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he's just like, you're no, go away. Oh, yeah. You don't deserve miserable. to be here. It was horrible. That's crazy. Yeah. What if, if you weren't on Biggest Loser? What like other reality TV show would you want to be on? Oh, Big Brother! That would be yeah, amazing. I'd love that show. It's like Survivor with air conditioning. Like I would love to do Survivor, but I would not. I would. I like the social aspect of it, but the living like everybody sleeping on bamboo shoots every night. Well, and if you want to talk about yeah. being not no personality, what the Biggest Loser? You would have no personality. You would be the angry man on Survivor. <laughs> right. Uh, we have a podcast together. Yeah. Cracker jokes. Uh, three episodes out now. Check them out. What's been your favorite part about doing that so far, Justin? I just like hanging out with you, talking shit. 
We do talk a lot of shit. It's, yeah, it's just a fun time to just talk about things that you're not... It's all nonsense, so you're not going to talk about it in normal life. Yeah. So we record it and talk about it. Well, here. we do sometimes talk about that shit. In they don't. Life. They don't need to know <laughs> that though. <laughs> it's just. It's just for the bot. It's just it, for the bot. Yeah, as soon as we turn this off, we are 100 percent serious. We talk about taxes, mathematics, four hundred one ks, four hundred one ks, co one threes, right? The wars in Russia or something. Yeah, yeah, that's going yeah. on still. I yeah. think. Yeah, Sad. probably sad we've talked about that on this podcast before okay i used to think that we shouldn't have that i used to be wrong about that situation okay yep and i was like why is everyone go-? the thing that made me not mad about that was the ukraine flags oh yeah you yeah. know what i mean is i was just like it's just weird marketing i feel like for yeah. this war now everyone has like ukraine flags right. and i was like you guys aren't actually doing anything yeah i think my take on that was like i mean it was supported ukraine but at the same time i was like i don't know what the hell's going on over there yeah so if i'm going full force after this i should do some research and then i didn't do the research so i'm not going in yeah yeah but other people were like i don't know what's going on but i support ukraine because i've been told to absolutely and they're probably the right but then i'm sure like russia doesn't just go to war for no reason like nobody's actually the villain in their own eyes yeah true so like russia's got a reason to go now is it a good reason Probably not. Yeah. But, but it's good to them. Well, and especially with our like media today and stuff, it's like yeah. you don't know the reason. Because right. they're gonna feed you one right. reason, right? But then you hear something completely different from another yeah. news source, because something completely different from like the Russian people and why they're doing it. Or not the people, I don't want to say, you know, because it's not the people, it's the government. Right. But yeah, all that stuff is crazy. And I actually had a friend who was like a travel vlogger okay and then sold all of his shit and went and joined the ukrainian army jesus yeah dude. yeah and he would like post about it on facebook and then sometimes he wouldn't post for a few days right. and i'd be like what's going on with rob yeah. what's going on with rob but he's back home now good thank god but he had a lot of friends who, who, who died in that in that yeah. war so yeah sad for sure uh justin yeah before we get into any sort of topics to get today we just watched Act One mm-hmm. of my new show coming out on this on this program next week. Man, the Poet and the Hobo. You only watched Act One. Yeah. You didn't see Act Two. No. We should have a podcast coming out later this week uh, with the cast, some of the cast of that show, to kind of talk about themselves and their experience. What were your initial takeaways of this crazy show? Um, so I probably was watching it too critically because I was trying to be like, I want to really break this down mm-hmm. and figure out what he's saying and what everything is what about. What does it mean? But, the, I mean, the one thing that just hits automatically is I was interested the whole time. Mm. Like, sometimes when you're watching stuff, you're just kind of like, all right, let's see what happens. But I was like, okay, I want to see where this is going at all times. And so I think it was, I thought, the thing that hit me was I thought it was an interesting look at a creative process hmm. and watching somebody try to manufacture that without actually having like the real passion for it yeah and just thinking they could slap pieces together and make something i thought that was really interesting yeah like that's a that's a big thing with the show is like finding your own art right and because like so many people i feel like nowadays especially with the internet and i've seen it in my own friends lives where they see someone do something that they think is dope and then they're like oh i want to do that thing too right like for example um burt kreischer right comedian fat guy Mm -hmm. ran a thousand miles in 2020 i want to say something like that maybe yeah i think it was 2020 and then in 2021 i also i don't know if you were facebook friends at the time but i I was like i'm running a thousand miles too i was like if this fat 40 year old comic can do it (laughs) i'm 25 and fat i can do it too right so i had 
told my friend about it, and I actually was doing pretty good, but I told my yeah. friend early on in that year about it that I was running a thousand miles, and then he goes, oh, dude, I'm going to do that too. And no. I went, and immediately in my head I went, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're just doing it because I said it, and it sounds dope, yeah. you know? Uh, but I didn't even, even end up running a thousand right. miles. I ran like 650. Because Bert Kreischer didn't seem dope. Because <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, I have the yeah. same issue that my friend had. Yeah. Um, so that whole show is like, for me, definitely like a commentary, even on myself yeah. on like, do I even like, I have to examine myself. Like, why am I doing this? Right. Do I want to do this because I want to do it? Or is it just because like someone else did it and it seemed cool? Yeah. yeah and I think that's a big thing for me too. Is sometimes I'm like, I want to write something, but I'm like, do I want to write it for me? Or am I trying to like impress other people? And, right. And I think until you're writing it for you, it's not worth really exploring. Cause if if you enjoy it, it doesn't really matter what happens once you put it out in the world. But I think I would just, if I was to write something right now, it would be just completely manufactured. Like, people like this, so I'll put that in there. Yeah. And people like that, so I'll put that down in there. Well, and you guys just started writing, you just started writing your own show too, yeah? <laughs> well, I, I mean, kind of for a joke, yes, right? Yes, I, I, I wrote like a one scene of a play uh, just for to be read at a party is fun. And that, that was a good experience because I was just like, I'm just going to sit down for like an hour write out complete nonsense and then see if it makes people laugh. And when they did it at the party, people laughed. Did they, did you guys read it out loud? Yeah. Or did you guys read it out loud? Oh, we did a, Damn yeah, it, we did dude. a whole read, a dramatic reading. Damn it, dude. I'm so <laughs> sad I missed it. Yeah. Gosh. I had to go print up scripts. Cost me $3 and 50 cents. Amazing. But I wrote it at work. So I actually made money. <laughs> nice. Where did you print them off at? Uh, oh, at the li- library. Oh, at the library. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I go to a, uh, Office Depot. Okay. If I need to print stuff out, how much do they charge you there? Too much. Ten cents a page at the uh, library. Probably gonna go to the library. <laughs> yeah, probably gonna I go to the library. Yeah, I don't know have a. Yeah, I don't think they have a max on how many pages you can print out as long as you pay for them. That's fire. Yeah. Yeah, I will do that now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, and another big thing is. Shout out to the library. Shout out library, <laughs> Marshall Public Library. Marshall Public Library. Yeah, actually pretty dope. It's a nice, quiet place, except yeah. for when there's children there. When there's children there, it's too much, man. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good place. Yeah. And another big part about this show is, you know, the man has to be a white guy. Right. Um, because white dudes love coming in and taking other people's shit. Right. And then being like, it's ours. Yeah. And then the hobo and the poet both have to be anything but white guys. Okay. Is like a big staple okay. that I have in the show. So it could be like anybody, which is why a lot of the gendered... Nouns right. are them, right. they, them. Which I, yeah, I noticed. I was like, I wonder if that's either for these characters or if it's for any actor can come play this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you don't have to play them as like non-binary people, right. but like, it's just saying it can be anybody, just not a white man. Okay. And then if you're a man, you can be the, you can be the man, white guy. Right. Um, which people still might find issues with, but you know what? It's the reason for the show is showing Yeah. That. No, Cause this isn't pushing that in there for diversity casting reasons that's because it's the theme that you're trying to explore yeah so i mean people could have problems with it and somebody would yeah for anybody sure. who really was thinking about it should not have a problem with it yeah i i, I thought about it a lot dude because i was like i don't know if i want to do that but i'm like it is what i'm trying to say so yeah. like i will put that specifically and if people have issues with it you know i took a playwriting seminar one time from this guy named steve yaki who's mm-hmm. is actually a really good playwright i like a lot mm-hmm. of his shows you wrote a show called Bellwether that's like a horror play, and okay. it was actually kind of scary, which right. I didn't think it was going to be able to be achieved. <laughs> yeah. And he said at this workshop, he said, you know, as a playwright, 
you have to not give a fuck about what people think. Yeah. He's like, at the end of the day, you have to just be like, this is what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. And this is what I'm putting out. So. That's very difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, do you find it at all difficult to do improv? No. Because it's different. Because improv is all reaction. Yeah. Reaction and justification. And so it's not really, you're not putting your heart and soul out there. You're just doing what comes naturally. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, it's never, and I've never been worried about, you know, because I'll have a bad scene, but I've had very few bad shows. So it's always like, you can just bounce back on the next one. Do you, have, do you think you get more nervous for plays? Like, you've only done a few shows, yeah. right? But, like, what do you think you get more nervous for? Um, I don't really get nervous anymore. Neither. Uh, probably plays, but like, I get more worried about the prospect of forgetting my lines in like the middle of a thing. But like, yeah, I don't really have butterflies anymore. Like I did, so I've been at the comedy project for like eight, seven, eight years. So I've probably done between three and four hundred shows. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so like, it's, once you perform so much, you start to kind of just lose the that feeling of anxiety. So I get a little bit in place, but not much. Yeah, I guess I've full confidence in my abilities and then being so much experience with improv it even helps with plays because you're like all right if things go wrong i trust myself to find a way to get them back on track mm-hmm. yeah I, I remember one time we were i mean not necessarily that you had to get us back on track yeah. but i just thought it was funny yeah. and as you like it i played guitar in that show and ted had that monologue yeah. and you know it was kind of a it was a, it was a Let's see what happens with right. this guitar solo. Yeah. And I remember there was one time, dude, that it was just so bad. <laughs> and after, like, the fifth or sixth thing I fucked yeah. up on it, you just went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> like, this is, it is what it is. Yep. Here we go. Absolutely. And it wasn't, like, necessarily getting us back on track, but it was right. just, like, you being like, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> you just react. Yeah. <laughs> There was a couple times in the last play I did when I did True West that was just like, just ad-libs, but they were just not planned in my head. They just came out mm. where the guy's like trying to go crazy selling me a, a script, and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let you keep it? <clears throat> well, it was during the show that I did it, so she didn't have, no, but she, she actually came up and she was like, that kind of saved our scene there. <laughs> Just showing your awkwardness with uh, this dude going nuts in your face. Yeah. Well, and you know what? That comes from improv, too. Right. Just being like, you're just reacting. Yeah. That's what they say. Acting is just reacting. Yeah. Do they say that at my college? No, they don't. But <laughs> you know what? I've heard that literally everywhere else. And uh, Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not 100% true, but there's a lot of truth in it. I think it's super yeah. true. I think the only I mean, reason... when you're doing a Shakespeare monologue, there's not a whole lot of reaction going on, but true. anything else, yes. But the reason you're starting yeah. your monologue is a reaction to something else. That's true. Like the like That's you, good point. And you're kind of reacting to your own thoughts in the middle of the monologue yeah but you know richard has no reason to say now is the winter of our discontent if his if he didn't go murder people and then his brother took the crown that was the exact line i was gonna bring thank you (laughs) thank you no yeah it's like but there is a reason why he starts that monologue right that's true no matter how much i hate that monologue uh is it a bad one i love it's a great monologue dude overdone i had to do it okay this is a bad story yeah okay I had to do it for the Book of Will, 
this right. last show we just did. At the end of the show, like, we would all come on stage and do monologues yeah. from Shakespeare shows, like, as an audition, okay. almost, like, out of character. Yeah. And it was kind of to show, like, how much this dude wrote yeah. and, like, what he's given to the theater. And uh, this man who will not be named, who is the husband of our acting teacher, mm-hmm. um, great dude, it also can be very blunt about things okay. and has played Richard in the past. Okay. And the lady was our director and mm-hmm. she said to me, you should go ask him, yeah. you know, any notes or anything he has. And after opening night, I went up to him and I went, hey man, is there anything you have for me about this monologue? And he looks me dead in my face and goes, you don't want my notes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And then he proceeds to, like, tell me, like, the reason why I'm saying it, right? Like, just yeah. the, the reaction to it. Yeah. But it's it's a good monologue, but I just did it horribly because I thought... I didn't understand the stuff I had to break up. Okay. Like, in there, barbed is a word, but you're supposed to say barbed. Yeah. Right? And so I was just messing up the lines, and I didn't oh. scan it right, and I just feel embarrassed about it, I think. Sure. It's a great monologue, yeah. but... Him, him looking at me and go, you don't want my notes, was just such like a like moment as an actor where it's like, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy knows that I suck. Well, and I mean, I think it probably gets, yeah, I imagine it gets easier as an actor to get notes, but getting notes always has, I always have that little bit of like defensiveness as soon as something gets called out that mm. I have to fight against. Is that why you just constantly make jokes during notes? Well, it's, to like fight against. No, usually it's uh, I will start to be like, oh, here's why I was doing that. like, yeah, it's not defensive as an angry at the note, but like, oh, trying to justify. I was like, don't justify, just just listen, just listen and take the damn note. But yeah, uh, I didn't make jokes because that's all I do all day long. When Fair I, enough. When people are talking, Fair I enough. can't stop myself. <laughs> I, I I mean that was you know, during as you like it. That was me holding back, and I'm still. <laughs> So instead of a joke every second, it was like every three seconds. It was good. That's honestly, dude, those note sessions, just that whole process will always just live such close was, to my heart. It was such a good time. God, it's so fun. Like, yeah, like we were talking about, it was almost more fun at notes than it was during the play. Yeah. Like we told people, like, you should just stay for the notes. Uh, my favorite part of that whole show was, I think it was after opening, uh, when we went around and just talked about, like, what the show... I think that was the closing night, wasn't it? Was it closing it? night? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I mean, we might have done it twice. I know we did it after closing. Yeah, but like yeah. when we went around and like, because Sean was there. Yeah, so it was closing. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it was us for the drunk prof. The my drunk cousin show. Ross was there and he was like, you guys are going to make me say something. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, though. Yeah. It was a beautiful time. Yeah. I have something I've been wanting to ask you for a while, Justin. All right, this is scary? Uh, Not really. Okay. Um, Me and you are both larger gentlemen. Mm-hmm. There is a movie that came out recently about a large gentleman. Was it Brendan Fraser? It was Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Yeah. And I remember when this came out and he won some award or something for it. Have you seen the movie? No, but I know about it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. What do you think about them casting him? I think it's fine. Um, I know there's like a big push to uh, you got to cast the people that are the thing or whatever. but I, I, I just I don't think that way with acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on the story, I suppose. But in general, I'm just like... I play characters that I probably don't really fit physically. 
So why can't Brandon Fraser play a character that he doesn't necessarily fit physically? Do you think... Because I know a lot of people had the issue with the actual fat suit. Sure. If it looks bad, that's another Mm. story. So you think as long as it looks good. Yeah, because I think what you're doing is you're telling a story. You're not... It doesn't have to be the the person. Mm. Like, it doesn't have to be somebody who actually weighs, what, what was he, like 600 pounds or something? I think so, yeah. I mean, if you can find somebody 600 pounds, it's going to give the performance that Brandon Fraser did, then sure, do Mm -hmm. that, but... That's not always available. And would people come to watch random 600-pound actor, or would they come to watch Brendan Fraser? That's a good point. And is getting that story out there, which is more important. Now, maybe they would, because there have been a lot of you know, lower-budget movies that come out with unknown actors that end up making huge splashes, but there's also a whole lot that don't ever right. see the light of day. Right. Do so, you- I don't know. I think it's a complicated issue, but it doesn't bother me personally. Right. Yeah, yeah, man. I, and my big thing, too, is I'm like, I don't think you're going to find a lot of people at that weight that are going to be, like, even kind of able to do that. Right. Because when you think about it, you know, it's fucking 16-hour days right. or whatever. And I know that you might be sitting a lot during yeah. it. But still, like, if you're the lead of the movie, right. you're going to be having to go and up and shaking and doing yeah. this. And, yeah. And it's a lot to wait to carry around. We should watch that movie. Yeah, we should. You and I, because I, I, it seems pretty good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, so I yeah. think that'd be a lot of fun for us to do. All right. That should be our homework. Yes. Our homework we'll, should be we'll to watch the, the, watch the Whale. Watch the Whale, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, t- check out Cracker Jacks. <laughs> cracker Jokes. <laughs> Dude, I can't say Cracker Jacks. My mom <laughs> says Cracker Jacks. Yeah. Now I say Cracker Jacks. It's uh, cracker Jokes, right back here. Yeah, <laughs> we're promoting. We're promoting again. Um, can I ask you one more thing about overweight yeah. television? What do you think about like six hundred pound life? I feel like that that show is misrepresenting a lot of things. Now I haven't watched enough of it to say that with one hundred percent. But I watched like the diets these people have, or what they say they have, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I have been near that weight, and I've never eaten anywhere close to the way they say they eat every day. What do you mean? Well, they'll be like, oh, I for lunch I have an entire large pizza and a Big Mac. And I'm like, no, mm. you don't. Right. <laughs> like, nobody, right. Nobody eats that. So I feel like they're taking their worst days uh, and pretending like that's an average day. Mm. And so, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. They could be being completely honest. But I feel like when you make a show like that, you go for shock. Right. You go for, like, it's not okay just to say, no, they eat a rel- relatively, you know, normal but large amount of food and it's just all bad calories that that doesn't hit people but when it's like they eat so much food that the normal person can't think about that much food that's when people are like oh i gotta see this because this is something that's very foreign to me right well and you gotta have writers on that on those shows too right so because you're always trying to just bring out the most emotion the most shock the most of everything like is a remember extreme makeover home edition i do yeah Good show, but it was just emotional manipulation from start to end. Mm. They were just constantly being like, what is the the one thing about this family that we can just throw in your face right. over and over again and try to force those tears out? So you think with my 600-pound life, it's the food? Uh, from the little that I've watched. Like I said, I haven't watched enough of it right. to really give a full critique of the whole show. But from what I've watched, I've been like, that just... That that's something I've done on my worst day. Right. Yeah. No. For <laughs> you sure. You know what I mean. Not, like, that's not something that would be sustainable ever. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are people that really do eat like that, but I yeah, I can't picture it. I like this reality TV yeah. show talk. What do yeah. you do? You, what do you think about the um, ethicalness of that show? Because here's here's why I bring it up. 
there's someone very close to me in my family. Yeah. And I won't name who it is. It's my mom. Okay. And she watches that show while she works out. Yeah. To like feel better about herself. Right. Right? Maybe I'll bleep my mom. Who knows? Because <laughs> that does seem pretty fucked up. Uh, but I, th- what do you think about like the ethicalness of shows like that? I think it's questionable. It always is because I think what they do, and they do this on The Biggest Loser too, is they constantly talk about how terrible of a person you were at this weight mm. and how good you will be at this weight. Wow. And yeah. it's, it's not like, you know, like, because they always did this thing on The Biggest Loser at the end where they'd be skinny and they'd show a picture of them when they were fat and be like, what do you think of that person? And they'd be like, oh, that was person was miserable. They, And I was like, man, if you showed me that, I'd be like, hey, I'm proud of that dude. He fucking kicked ass. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally, like, totally. But they want, you to, they want you to think fat, bad, skinny, good. Mm-hmm. And it's not that simple. Yeah. Like, you're the same quality of person at 600 pounds as you're going to be at 200 pounds. Yeah, your, your quality of life your quality of life little, will go up. Yeah. yeah. But you're, you're still worth something. But when they start to act like, at this weight, this person wasn't even worth paying attention to. Yeah, and now, they're yeah. a real human being that, we, that deserves happiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, now that he has a six-pack, yeah. this guy's dope. Like, I, I, I do think that... Like, I'm not one of the people that's just like, let everybody be fat. Why are we... T-? like? But I think we need to focus on be happy where you are while you make changes to make things better. Mm-hmm. Don't hate who you are. Because there are a lot of people that stay skinny because they're so scared of being fat because of how bad that thing is. Yeah. And that's fine for them, but what about the people that end up with eating disorders and stuff because they're so worried that if they gain this weight, they are going to be invaluable, or not invaluable, but yeah, they're going to lose their value. Yeah, and it's like, even like that, then you start going into the opposite side of that where you could become underweight because you have that body dysmorphia within yourself and you're like, no, I'm still fat. And it's like, I can see your rib cake. Right. You know, but... Yeah, true. And then there's so much, like, both you and I know, as we talked about it last night, there's so much, like, in value of your weight in society today. And even, like, you know, it's getting pushed, not to say, like, the opposite way, but even if you look at, like, Lizzo or, like, some of that shit like that, or, like, remember when Adele lost all that weight? Yeah. And they're like, you should go back to being fat! Yeah, people got mad at her. Yeah. she had abandoned the cause. And I'm like, the cause is not fat. (laughs) Yeah. That's not the key. The cause is love yourself. Yes. Love your health, love yourself and be healthy. Yes. And if you want to make changes, make those changes. But don't make them because you hate yourself. Yeah. And we yeah. talked about that, I think, on our first episode of Cracker Jokes. Check it out. Yeah. Not Cracker Jacks. Jokes. Yeah. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Started to get scared that yeah. I said Cracker Jacks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of another uh, <coughs> large celebrity who yeah. is in the news right now, Lizzo. Okay. You heard about this? I know she plays a flute. That's what I know about Lizzo. She does oh, wait, play. Oh, wait. Are you talking about her, uh, her dancers? Her dancers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear about that. What do you know about that? Not a, mo- not a lot. Just a little bit. I know that there's like a lot of harassment stuff. I heard some weird stuff about things going down in like Amsterdam mm-hmm. with strippers and stuff. So And bananas and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. women's parts. Yeah. And so it seems bad. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of my take on it. It seems bad. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it seems like... And also, Liz is someone who, when she's lost weight, like, her fans have been like, you're abandoning the cause, right? right? So it's so much on her, I feel yeah. like, to be like, I'm still gonna be fat, right? Yeah. Which, granted, do whatever you want. I'm right. not saying that's one way or another. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if someone wants to make those changes, they should be allowed to make those changes. Right. And Absolutely. it also seems like she wasn't allowing her dancers to lose weight either. Right. Now, granted, 
I've heard someone say this on the podcast, so it's not an original thought. Lizzo did kind of make fat dancers a thing to a certain sense, right? Like overweight dancers, like that's a category because of Lizzo. But to be like, oh, well, you've lost 25 pounds or whatever, so I have to lock you in this room. Right. And like t- and make you like delete a recording of me yelling at you. And just put you on the diet that I saw in my 600-pound life. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to be eating six snow cones a day for breakfast. A whole thing of eggs. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, 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 I don't like forcing people to be anything. No. Like, let people find where they're happy. Have you ever listened to Lizzo's music? Uh, only what's on the radio. So you've heard like the... Uh, white man grave with the gotta yeah. be grave. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she actually has some pretty good music. Like I was pretty surprised. She's a Tiny Desk concert. I love watching those things. The NPR Tiny Desk. Okay. And her Tiny Desk, she can sing. Dude. Okay. And she plays flute, which is cool too. Yeah. But I would like to see Lizzo run a mile. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Um, people are always like, this is something me and Dave joke about. It's People are always like, well, you know, Lizzo's up there and she's performing and then she stops and she does a fucking a flute solo and then keeps yeah. performing. And that's the equivalent of running a seven minute mile for seven miles straight. And Dave just goes, I want to see her run one mile at seven minutes. Because sure. that's hard, dude. Right. Seven minutes a mile, there's no way you're doing that no. when you're anywhere near Lizzo's size. Yeah. My size, dude. I run maybe 12-minute miles if yeah. I'm fucking lucky, dude. I can't even run a mile. <laughs> there's, I cannot maintain that a run for a mile. We went walking this morning, yeah. though. That was a lot of fun. We did, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. We should do that more. Let yeah, me know when absolutely. you're going. I know you yeah. go early in the mornings so yeah, a lot. Generally. Yeah. It's been getting later. Yeah. <laughs> it's been getting late. It used to be like <laughs> 7, 8 in the morning, and now it's getting pushed back to about 10 or 11. What do you think you're going to do in the winter? Uh, I'm going to have to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe some mall walking. I'll be one of those people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they even have, at the mall, they have like, at the mall, they have yeah. stations to yeah. do exercise. Because our mall is so dead <laughs> that it's, that's the only thing keeping it going is mall <laughs> walkers. Mall walk- Dude, yeah. who stop at the pretzel stand? Yeah, and that's the problem with walking at the mall because how can you avoid those? Those pretzels are delicious. Dude, they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. It's probably the, like a million calories in each cup, but damn, they're good. More, come on, son. <laughs> well, I haven't included the cheese yet. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> oh god, we're pushing three three million now. What is your favorite yeah. reality TV show, Justin? Do you watch any reality TV? Uh, might be Survivor. Okay, I like Survivor a lot. I watched. I haven't watched maybe a couple of the newest seasons, but I watched almost everything else. Nice. I find it very... I love the social aspect. I love watching it. And and it's kind of like sports, because you just find the people you root for, and mm-hmm. more importantly, the people you root against. Yep. Because that's where the greatest reality show watch is when you hate somebody. It's when you're like, all right, got to get this person out. So even when they don't... It's almost better when they don't get out, because then you have something to root for the next time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Survivor character or person that's been on there? I know they have like a million seasons. About as many calories in those pretzels. Yeah. But do you remember like any... Besides Coach. Obviously we've talked about Coach before. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember really liking... Uh, There's a guy, Ozzy. Okay. Who wasn't socially that great, but he was just like... Everything else he was really good at. And then uh, Rupert. Rupert was always fun. Remember Rupert? He's the... Big bearded dude always wore like a tie dye tank top. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I do know Rupert. Wow, <laughs> yeah. he was great. And then we had a dude from Boise that won yep. it, Ben. Yep, who my cousin was friends with. Oh wow, yeah. So apparently, when the guy came back, 
it was you know they hadn't shown the finale yet so he'd be like well how'd you do he's like i can't say i've got a uh was it no it's not a dna oh an nda (laughs) nda NDA. there we go he has an nda but he also has a four million dollar house so you can guess how he did but my cousin was like he's lost like 30 pounds i knew he was there a while (laughs) (laughs) yeah Dude, if yeah. we went on that show and came back, we would be looking. We would be looking like the end oh, yeah. of Biggest Loser. Yeah, we were on there for was it like if you go the whole way, it's like thirty nine days. Yeah, yeah, we'd probably lose forty, fifty pounds easy. Dude, yeah. Easy, dude. Yeah. Just eating crickets. You get a little tiny bowl of rice a day. <laughs> no, do they give you food on that show? Or do you have to they, catch it. They do now. They, they used to not, but yeah, they used to have to catch it. And you used to have to boil your water, but now they give them a well, give them water. <sighs> I think they uh, had too much. Like dehydration and stuff going of on. Course. <laughs> yeah. Of course, dude. People were messed up on the beginning of season six. Oh Survivor, yeah, dude. Absolutely. JJ was my favorite character. He's from season one. Okay. Yeah, he was just like that farm boy. Yeah. I think he ended up winning or going to the end, uh, but he was just a st- like I just like people who are studs at the challenges. Yeah. Me like too. the social aspect's cool, but like if you go out there and just crush people yeah. in challenges, yeah. You got my heart. Remember the guy that uh, fell in the fire season one? No. <laughs> he was trying to blow on the fire to get it going, and the smoke went in his lungs, and he passed out for half a second. Nah. Hands right into the fire. No, dude. So he's in the water, and you just see the skin falling off his hands. It was horrible. I have to go back and watch that now. <laughs> oh, God. I think it was season one. It was definitely one of the early seasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it had to have been. Yeah, because they definitely didn't have medics. They were just like, right. they're shooting off of $50 a season, dude. <laughs> like, no one's getting paid. Yeah. And now they know, like, we'll keep the survival aspect, but that's not why people are tuning in. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay to give them water and give them food and not have them passing out in challenges. You ever watch Dual Survival? Dual Survivor? No, I've... I've yeah, not really. Do you know what, you know what it is though? Have you? I heard think about so. It? It's just two people out in the wilderness. Yeah, and, it's yeah. like a an ex marine guy. Okay. And then a hippie who hasn't worn shoes in thirty. Oh, years. Oh, that's right. I have. I've seen like this much of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's pretty good because yeah. like it it is one of the survivor shows that you're like, oh, this guy, these guys, I feel like are really out right. here with like three dudes, yeah. maybe. But Bear Grylls. Yeah. You know the new survivor. I saw a thing about Bear Grylls where. They showed the clip from his show where he was like showing how dangerous these chasms were and uh-huh. stuff. And then somebody went to the same spot and filmed it and they showed where he was jumping around. And then they flip it around and there's like houses and roads and cars over here. <laughs> we're out here in the middle of the wilderness. No one's around. But really, he's just in the middle of some suburb. Yeah. yeah. Except sure for that McDonald's of, over there. Yeah, I'm sure some of his stuff is, is real, but like... Yeah, he's a real survivalist, but yeah, it's like, yeah. at what point, you know, are you followed around with 15 dudes and you yeah. guys are, you know, 10 minutes from a city? Well, and who's the real survivalist? The guy walking around with nothing or the guy with the giant camera following him around? <laughs> that guy who really has to go through the caves? <laughs> right. Dude, caving? Yeah. Not an activity for us. No, absolutely not. Have you, I've seen, I've been watching a lot of caving videos yeah. lately. Horrible. Scary. Yeah. We're getting Winnie the Pooh hard if we go into a cave. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. I'm fucking Tigger. I'm out of that shit, yeah. dude. I'm going to be stuck in a hole. No. Nah. Like, oh, bother. <laughs> oh, I'd like, some, I'd like some honey down here. Did you hear about those crazy caves in uh, Utah that were like, I can't remember what kind of stone it was, but it was basically like mud type stone. Uh-uh. And so people would like just be like sliding through this stuff. And a bunch of people would get caught and die in there and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think they finally shut them down, but it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
Dude, that remi- that reminds me of like when I was a kid. I used to go to the um, I used to go to this lake, and I do handstands, and I put my hands in the clay yeah. in the water. Right. You do that as a kid? A little bit, yeah. And then my my mom yeah. would be like, "Don't do that, because you're gonna die." <laughs> right. It's like if you go into their their caves made of mud. Yeah. And people are just look at the mud and they go, "Oh, we gotta go through this." It's probably like clay. It's probably what it is. I That's, can't remember exactly what it was, but you're just putting yourself in a, inside of a big clay yeah. furnace. And so there'd be spots that are just like ten feet long that you gotta like basically swim through mud to get to the other side. <laughs> no, dude. No. Yeah. No. Well, have you ever seen the movie The Descent? Uh huh. It's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen because it's not only a horror movie, but it's a horror movie in a cave. So you got people trying to escape. So it's got the claustrophobic aspect along with monsters. Mm-mm. So I, I don't know how scary it would be without the cave, but with the cave, extremely scary. Well, dude, I don't want to ever hear, like, I was literally watching a uh, yeah. First of all, Monsters in the Cave is terrifying. Right. Because then you watch actual caving videos, and these dudes are, like, crammed yeah. with no space. And I literally was watching one where this guy went... Yeah, man, I thought it was going to open up down here. It's just getting tighter, and I don't think we can go back. So looks like we just got to keep going. And I, I was, guess we just die now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Where's the clay? I, I heard there's clay around these parts. We just take cyanide pills with them. <laughs> well, we're stuck. <laughs> See you later, Johnny. I, yeah, I just take LSD with me. Dude. Right. Like if, I, if I'm in here, I might as well be tripping out. Uh, yeah, it's not not for me. No. What outdoors activities do you like, Justin? Um, what I used to like. I used to love to play basketball, baseball. Baseball is one of the funnest sports to play because you could be real lazy and still play baseball. Yep, yep. Um, now there's not a whole lot. I go out and do some walking. <coughs> um, I did go play basketball the other day. That didn't go super well. Well, but it was fun. I just have no ability to move anymore, mm. <clears throat> and like I knew that academically but going out and proving it was like okay <laughs> we put it in the field of study we, yeah, put, we put it in practice because you still have the mind of what you so it was like i used to be able to do this but no not yeah. not anymore so is it a lot of like just shooting for you and just or well in my size like just jumping is almost out of the question mm. so my jump shot was tippy toes shot <laughs> did you used to jump on a jump shot I mean, it was like a Sam Perkins. You probably don't know who that guy is, but nah. your feet barely leave the ground. Yeah, but, you, you but you're getting, like yeah, but yeah. you're getting your legs into it. Yeah, and it was real hard to get my legs into it. Yeah, and part of it was just the awkwardness because I hadn't shot a basketball in like seven years. Right. Well, dude, the more the more that you yeah. you keep you know doing your thing. Oh yeah, it'll get gonna, better. We're gonna we're gonna start hooping. I'm not yeah. I'm not fretting that. Yeah. Because you're gonna you're gonna keep going down, yeah. and then we're gonna get all these old fucks around here <laughs> to meet up, and go, then we're gonna school them. We're gonna go blow out some knees. <laughs> all of us, dude. All <laughs> knees, hips, whatever, we're man. Just gonna go out there fully braced up. <laughs> just old man ball. My friend Nathan, uh, his dad used to play running back for Boise State back okay. in the day. And uh, shout out Dr. Keith. He's actually like an OG. Um, and we played basketball at the at the court one time when we were probably sophomores in high school. And his dad, had, Nathan too, they both got ghetto booties is what I call All them. Right, yeah. Like thick ratchet girl booties, yeah. bro. And his dad, 
I think was backing down Nathan or something to the hoop, and then Nathan just moves, and his dad <laughs> straight on his ass, dude. And he was like, "I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. I'm not playing anymore. I'm done." Yep. When you get old, you get one fall, and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, dude, you'll fall on fucking cement oh, yeah. and get up. Absolutely. All right, Justin. Yeah. Uh, we're about forty minutes in here. Right. Uh, I feel like we've talked a bit about culture, mm-hmm. um, a little bit about corruption at the beginning. All right. I'm interested in what you think is going on in the world. And what I mean by that is, like, spiritually. Okay. What do you think, why do you think we're here, and how do you think we got here? Well, I guess my take, on, it feels like, now this could be from, just from my standpoint, the people I surround myself with, all that kind of thing, but it feels like religion especially organized religion is on the severe decline mm-hmm. um and i have a feeling that's because people have just lost faith in the innate goodness of the different churches i think it's come to pass that we're just like well, all right we know that we don't really know the truth of what's out there we don't know the truth about everything but we know that all these churches are ran by men mm-hmm. i guess there could be some women but they're ran by humans mm-hmm. And humans are greedy, and humans are easily corruptible, and so it just feels like there's not a whole lot of faith in the churches because of that, and and because we see so much horrible stuff happening, and we're just like, why? We need something better than this. So, so I personally am not very spiritual at all, um, but I definitely respect religions. I respect people who are religious. Um, I just can't fully believe in an organized religion because I just think that there's too much to be gained from yeah. getting the control over people. True. And so I just think, I'm just like, there's something going on here that's not quite right. Do you think there's any truth in them? In religions? Yeah. I think there's good values in them. Um, the truth, I have no idea. Like, I've accepted that I have no idea of knowing where, the, how the world began, yeah. how life was created. I have no idea. So I think there could be truth in them. It's certainly a possibility. It's equally as valid as anything else. Um, but I just, I think whatever, if there was truth, I think it's been twisted at this point. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even a lot of biblical scholars will say that too. Like even yeah. people who, you know, aren't religious but study the Bible will say, well, you know, there's passages that Paul the Apostle writes who was, you know, the, the thing about Christianity early on was it was pretty accepting to women. Okay. Surprisingly. Yeah. Um, like, there were groups of women who followed Jesus around. Yeah. There was even, like, messengers that Paul sent who was, like, after Jesus uh, who were women who, like, he, you know, used them in the ministry. Right. And there's also a passage in First Corinthians that talks about uh, how women should stay silent and they should be obedient to the, to the men in the church. And uh, a lot of actual biblical scholars will say that that was put in after. Yeah. Like, in order to, like, have them... Uh, continue on with the patriarchy right um even you can even use that in the idea of god original hebrews um believed that the spirit of god was a woman <coughs> and but yeah. when religion started to get really you know uniform with the roman church they took out any sort of god being feminine right to make it like m- more understandable i think yeah. and also to be like god is a man right god is not a woman right but yeah so i, I definitely agree with that so why do you think so if we're just kind of here and you're not super spiritual, yeah. do you think yeah. humans have a purpose? No. Really? <laughs> like, that's the blunt answer. Mm. I, I think it's all a big cosmic accident. Really? 
that everything just kind of happened because it happened. So it's a very boring and depressing way to look at life. But I think it's just, I just yeah, I just think we came about and here we are. I've seen the picture yeah. of the person riding on a bus. And on one side, it's like they're looking at a mountain. Like they're super close to a mountain, so yeah. they're not seeing a lot. They're just seeing rocks and shit. Right. And then on the other side, they see like a big city and a great view. Yeah. And it talks about like nihilistic yeah. per- point of view, which is not necessarily I want to put that on you but it is uh, it's close yeah yeah and so it's like nihilism and then it's like on one side it's like nothing has any meaning and then right. on the other side it's like nothing has any meaning right where do you fall on that i think i'm i'm definitely like a generally speaking uh an optimist that way where it's like we don't have an intended purpose we don't have a destiny so everything we do everything that we gain is because of us, because I did it, or because you did it, mm-hmm. but not because God granted you the ability to do it. You got to make your decisions, and so we make our morality. We decide whether we want to make other people's lives better or not, and so to me it's like I'm not doing that for some everlasting reward. I'm doing that because I feel, and it's a little bit of a selfish, because I feel better about myself when I can help other people. Yeah. But I feel like that's because of my choices and because of just how society is. Humans benefit from having other people like them. So some of that is evolutionary. Mm-hmm. We're social creatures, so social creatures get get along better when they help each other out. Do you think we decide our own moralities? Uh, obviously, they're taught to us, but at some point you start to. Like, can you overcome what you were taught as a child... It's difficult, but you can. Um, and we see that all the time. Like Morality's changed throughout well, the like, years. Do you think that it'd be a pretty... You know, and this is a real question. We talk oh. about relativ- relativism a lot on this podcast. Okay. Uh, do you think, like, it's immoral for someone to kill somebody else? Um, like, not out of self-defense. You yeah, know what I mean? Just like, like, out a, of, like, like a murder? We're going to murder you. Yeah. Do you think that that's, like... A hard morality, or do you think that's a morality that like it's is a human morality? Still... Yeah, it's it's a it's a sense of justice. It's a sense of because like if if you break everything down to its base notes, then all you have to do is look at nature and what happens in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, animals aren't getting upset at each other for no. killing other animals. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. Nature is metal, <laughs> right? Like, but see, that's where yeah. I think we're different a yeah. little bit, right? Because I think that yes, I agree with you. Where like some things yeah. are moral and immoral. Yeah. Like, depending on who you are. But I do think that there are, like, hard moralities that we have, okay. even if we weren't taught them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's it's wrong to murder somebody. I think it's wrong to harm a child. Yeah. I think those are things that, like, as collective, we yeah. just kind of know. Right. What do you think about that? Um, like, the difference between, like... Cause would you say that that's what you're saying as far as, like, creating morality? Well, I, I think even then you have people that grow up without the idea that harming a child is that bad. Right. Well, it's usually their own kid, and they justify it through discipline. But you have people that beat the shit out of their kids and think that it's fine because the kid was being a, an asshole or something. Mm-hmm. And it's, so. But they're still justifying it, saying they're think not hurting them. Well, they know they're hurting them. They think they're hurting them for a good reason. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I think you're, you're right. But I, I, but I just think we generally... I think it all comes around to the evolution of who we are and how we get along. 
Now, because we're humans, because we have brains, evolution has been kind of curbed. Because now it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like we, every one of us can survive. Yeah. There's medicine. There's there's help. Like we're not having people die off because they can't adapt. So evolution has been curbed at this point. But I think through the years, it's the people who could get along best in society that passed on those genes. Yeah. And and you're even right about that because like you know it's just an age old question yeah. for me of it because the big argument that I find with it is you know. At, Back in the day, it was more justified to kill somebody or to yeah. harm a child. But because yeah. we have evolved to That's a true. sense yeah. where it's like now we can start having certain laws yeah. or rules. But I just kind of look at it and I go, a lot of these laws and rules from different cultures are a lot of time like often the same. Yeah. Like they're very similar, which makes me think that there is some sort of collective to it. Yeah. But I think you could definitely argue. Yeah, I don't know. Relativism well, is just such an... Um... You ever heard of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? I have, but I don't know yes. what it is. Uh, so essentially what it is is it's a pyramid. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom is the base things you need for survival. And if you have those things, you can move up to the next level. So that's like... F- so air, food, water. Yeah. That's the first thing that needs to be taken care of. Then you go to the next one and you're looking at stuff. I don't remember exactly the tiers, but housing, safety, that kind of stuff. And then as you get to the top, you're looking at more like morality and right and so that's why you see a lot of time in communities uh, communities that are in poverty you're going to see a lot more what seems like immorality mm-hmm. but it's more about i don't care if i steal from you because i don't have what i need to survive right so stealing is a big deal for you or i who can get by but for somebody who doesn't have any doesn't have food you got the old jean valjean stealing a loaf of bread yeah morality shifts a little bit so it's kind of like needs generate morality yeah that's true but definitely in a society that we're in now i think that we should all have well that's why we look so down on hurting kids now is because we've like we've achieved all these other things most people there are people in america that struggle but for the most part people in america have food have housing and now we can start to look at what is next Mm -hmm. we can worry about the safety of our kids we can worry about Hell, what they teach in schools. Like, yeah, we can worry yeah. about all these other things. Bathrooms. Because we have these other things pretty much taken care of. Obviously, there's problems, but for the most part, for the majority of Americans, those things are taken care of. Yeah. True, man. True. Well, Justin, I am a little sad <laughs> that your your outlook... So, what do you think happens after we die? This will be the last... Just nothing? Um, I do, but I think that in the best way. Because nothing also means nothing bad. Right. So all the bad, like, do I really want to die and go up to heaven and have them go through all the shit I've done? <laughs> just read that off to me. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Or do I just become part of the earth and my parts end up being in a million other things? That's fine. I would love there to be an afterlife, which is kind of why I believe there's not one. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if you want something so much, it's easy to believe anything that leads you that direction. So it makes me think, since that seems so good, I don't know that it can be true. Hmm. So I'm not completely opposed to the idea, but I I think I lean towards, yeah, we die and we're just, our consciousness goes and it's hard to fathom what that is. Like the idea of not existing just doesn't make sense to a brain that exists. But you know, you don't remember what it was like before you were alive. No. You know, and you know it'll just keep going on after you die. Bleak. Oh, what a real down, <laughs> <laughs> a real down note. 
Well, I mean, that's that's not necessarily yeah. what this podcast is, but yeah. I love ending just on what people think, man, because I think that it's the more the most really important question that you can ask in your yeah. life, um, because I think that's going to kind of set you on your path. Mm-hmm. And I think the big issue that I find with church is church tells you that if you don't go to church, you're a bad person. Right. That if you don't have God, you're immoral. And that's just factually not true because I know you and I know several people who have never gone to church. I know several people who went to church and don't go to church anymore. And they're great people, right? And it doesn't matter what you believe, but, you know, there's different arguments you can make for everything. And I just don't think a being that is capable of creating all life in the universe would be that worried about whether I went to a building on Sundays Factual. I think it would be, it seems to me that it would be more important how I live my life than that I praised his name and sang hymnals out of books. Yeah. So, like, if there is an afterlife, I still feel confident that, even with all that bad shit that's got to be read off to me, that ultimately my life helped more than it harmed. Mm -hmm. And that's my ultimate goal. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the base of religion. That's what people get away from is, you know, a lot of religion tells you, like, you're essentially supposed to help people and right. remain un, like unstained from the world. Yeah. Like, like, cause I think that that's a pretty inarguable thing. The world is a bad place. Right. The world is a bad place. It's full of, <laughs> a lot of bad things. Yeah. Okay. You can argue what the bad things are, but we, all of us can agree. <clears throat> yeah. There's bad out there. Oh, absolutely. And to try to stay away from, you know, getting yourself involved with some tough shit is, is important. Yeah. But regardless, you can still be a good person. You can still be a loving person. Mm-hmm. You can still be someone who auditioned for a reality TV show and had to wait <laughs> 12, 12 hours in the sun. And be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for being here, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any last parting words for the crowd here? Yes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Keep burning. <laughs>